baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thank you for tuning in to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'm Randy Bushover. The program highlights local businesses and services in the region. And if there's a local business or service you'd like to hear from, send me an email at randy.bushover at intercom.com. And not really a business technically or a service, well, but I guess a service. We have with us Lindy Korn from the law office of Lindy Korn and something that continues to be in the news, and it's an important issue to discuss, so we're taking more than a few minutes that we normally would in the morning program to do just that with you, and that's, uh, in particular, sexual harassment, and that continues to be a big thing in the news these days. It has not gone away. Well, actually, it's been a big deal since mankind was uh, put on this earth, and actually, I've been an attorney. This is my 40th year, and this has... uh, it's it's been a problem or an issue it just you know later in our country's history it became protected and then i would say in the last you know 5 years it has exploded as an issue that's been identified um certainly due to some public figures and uh so now it's something that we can talk about yeah and you're right too Correct me on that, that it has literally been with us for as long as we've been in existence, this problem of sexual harassment. But what is it about the last five years that has made us, quote-unquote, enlightened on the uh, subject? Well, it's always been about power and the abuse of power. Um, What I think has changed, actually, is our communication. So everything is documented now. It's almost like you don't have to have really a voice. So if it's an email or a text or a photograph or on LinkedIn or Snapchat or wherever, there's just so much documentation that people have felt more comfortable complaining. That's at least one answer. And what, where we should start, I guess, is uh, in the workplace, it's not really easy for a, a person who feels that they're being harassed to make that initial complaint. No, in fact, that you're, you're very uh, astute to point that out because that is a major problem. And perhaps that is why the last five years, you know, we've started to, uh, to hear more about it. Because in the workplace, there's a tremendous amount of fear that if you need your job, and most people do, you, you need to shut up. Because if you were to complain, especially about somebody who is a supervisor on up, then you would fear retaliation, and most of all, you would fear the loss of your job. And kind of walk us through the process. How is it supposed to work? You're supposed to be able to to count on the people in human resources or whatever department head is in charge to kind of have your back. Well, unfortunately... That's not the case necessarily, okay? Uh, I have the great respect for human resource persons, and that field has changed. But I don't think that they, the way the human resources is explained to employees in, uh, in many places of employment, it's rather confusing. They know that HR 
handles benefits or they might have to go to, you know, for, for instance, to ask for family medical leave. They have to go and get papers, you know, so they're kind of helpful for that. But when it comes to sexual harassment, you know, you have to understand that human resources is part of the business wherever an employee works. And so there's a lot of trepidation about are they for me or are they for the employer? You know, you now have to do an investigation once there's a complaint, or if you don't, that will create a lot of risk. But what kind of investigation? Who does it? You know, and who gets the report? And who gets to see who was spoken to? I mean, all those issues are, you know, are, are hot buttons. But the other thing is, how much thought has gone into by the employer about making it easy to complain? And I can give you one example. There's a company uh, that provides a hotline so that an employee could go home and from the comfort of their home, they could call this number and within 24 to 48 hours, there would be a uh, sort of a transcript created and sent to the human resources from the employee who phoned it in. And that way they don't have to worry about being seen at work or about directly confronting someone. They just talk into the phone. And I know that uh, a, a lot of things get tied up in legalese. Are we still at a point where we're having issues defining what particular words and or actions or combination constitute harassment? Uh, is, is this something that is state-to-state is state different? There could be different uh, definitions, but federally, you know, the Supreme Court has spoken. Certainly, you know, for instance, New York City has the most liberal human rights law in the country, so they may have some different definitions. But as far as what constitutes sexual harassment, it is... It is a topic we could spend hours on, uh, and some of it depends on the context. So it's not, let's take a test, one through ten, you know, did you answer the questions? It's not like that, okay? And, you know, it takes a lot for someone to have a case because, you know, if it's not severe or pervasive, it will get thrown out. It will never last. And what is severe or pervasive? There are many cases that define it. It's still being defined. But, you know, uh, the judiciary has, you know, its own uh, look at other cases and its own standards. Um, but generally, I would tell you there has to be a pattern. But then again, there could be one act that is so severe that that would be okay. But it's not... Uh, easy. You can't just um, take something that is not severe or pervasive and think you're going to have a case. Talking with Lindy Korn. She's with the law office of Lindy Korn. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. And sexual harassment, uh, a majority of what you do, is that uh, a fair assessment of the practice? Because uh, there's certainly, uh, I, I could I could tick off at least, what, 10 different bullet points of things that you guys really do. Yeah, I mean, we, we represent employees who've been discriminated against or retaliated against based on what's called protected classes. So it could be sex, gender, same sex. It could be disability, religion. Um, it could be race. It could be national origin. It could be pregnancy or lactation. I mean, those are all protections under the law. Um, I do think that sex and gender um, and sexual harassment being a subset of that is certainly a, a focus. And going back to specifically the sexual harassment part uh, of the equation here, and we talked about the difficulties of people coming forward. Also, kind of, is it 
not quite the same or very similar to the to the church sexual abuse scandal, where you've got people that await a length of time to come forward because, again, part of it being possible repercussions, but also how their circle of friends will perceive them based on this accusation. Yes, you know, it, it as that goes to the issue of the context I was referring to before. And when you try to atomize a situation that is never going to turn out well for the employee, you need to look at the whole situation. Um, and so, um, you know, it is, time is not an employee's friend on this issue, you know, um, and even as far as witnesses or people feeling comfortable, that's another thing. People don't want to support people in something that they think can get them into trouble with their job, you know. So that's that's another problem in trying to um, assess credibility and to give support to the person who's complaining. It takes a lot of courage to complain about sexual harassment, wh- whether you're a female or a male or any gender, um, actually. Um, it's, it's a very difficult, lonely kind of thing that can create animosity. Um, and uh, so... I, I will say this to you. I think people that who have truly been sexually harassed need to be working with a therapist of some sort. I'm not talking about medicine. I'm talking about, you know, a social worker or a Ph.D. psychologist or someone of that uh, nature uh, because you need somebody to vindicate you, to take away the shame and blame. And it's it's usually taking a toll on your life, your relationships, and you're frayed at every corner. So you really need perhaps a good lawyer and perhaps a good therapist. And in order to get in touch with you, what is the best way? Give uh, give the office a call? Yes, to give the office a call. It's 856-CORN, K-O-R-N. Oh, easy enough. Now, what other things, and we've got about two and a half, three minutes, uh, just to give you a rough idea. What other things that are, are about this topic that people should know that maybe they don't? Well, I think what people should know is that really it isn't okay. And sometimes people get discouraged when they see other people have complained and nothing happened. And so they don't believe that that they can be heard. You know, that's a very common problem. Um, and um, towards that end, you know, in, in real estate, they always say it's location, location, location. And in an employee's discrimination case, it's documentation, documentation, documentation. So, But there's lots of situations that are in the gray area. For instance, if someone came up and gave you a hug and it was generally a welcoming hug, that's just what it is, okay? But if somebody comes up and gives you a hug, you know it because it doesn't feel like a welcoming touch uh, and uh, certainly every woman who's ever been hugged knows the difference. Right. Uh, along the lines of like length of time of the hug or just... How close, or, how tight. or Yeah, or yeah, where the arms are placed, that sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, to, the, to the point, the burden of proof really is on the victim here, which yes. makes it even more difficult. You talked about documentation a moment ago. Yes, and unfortunately that is a big burden. And however, these things don't happen just once. There is a pattern when it's truly sexual sexual harassment. Establishing that pattern, yes, that's a challenge. But I think the all of the the Weinstein, all of the um, all of the cases um, have made people believe perhaps that they can make a difference, um, and that if it's not just one person's voice, 
you know, the credibility factor goes way up. So I suppose I would say that what's really important is that if somebody else knows about a complaint and they have something that would add to it, the only way it's going to change is if they find their way to, you know, give an affidavit or you know, come and, you know, speak to somebody. And, you know, otherwise, it's going to just keep happening. Yeah. And I, as a, on a personal note, this is not something that I've done recently, and I'm not exactly proud of it. But I've had risque comments back and forth with female coworkers, male coworkers. How does that fit in with this, this whole equation? Because uh, on, on some level, and I'm, I, I hope I'm not taking too much of a leap here, but there was a return volley, if you will. So it was considered accepted in that case. Yeah. So telling jokes or using, you know, sexual terminology, you know, again, it goes to the context. So I couldn't just answer one situation. But likely, if it was a back and forth banter, even if it was perhaps something that shouldn't happen, because somebody else who's listening might be offended, even if, you know, the people involved directly were not, you know, I don't think that that's going to rise just if we're just going to take those facts alone. I, and again, though, it depends, you know, how often did you tell the joke? What kind of words were used? Was it every day? Did somebody say I'm offended? Please stop. Do you know, what I mean? so th- those things matter. But for instance, if you said to me, well, I, you know, I told, you know, five jokes, one a day, and every day I was watching porn on my computer, and I invited my co-female co-worker in to watch it. You know, that that's a different story. Yeah, right. Understood. All right, Lindy, again, the phone number one more time. I know sure. it's an easy one. It's 716-856-CORN, K-O-R-N. Lindy Korn from the law office of Lindy Korn. And uh, again, mainly talking uh, for this segment about sexual harassment, but certainly uh, all areas of discrimination are things that her office can handle. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930, WBEN. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.